I was going to say, you, you want to charge? We are recording now as well, by the yeah. way. So, uh, what's the story with the car tank? Is it all fixed now? It's never been broken, mate. They just battery. It's like you literally like you have to charge the car on full battery, and you go and make a cup of tea in the back, and the battery's gone. <laughs> Double A's, mate. That's the issue. The shit. <laughs> Listen to fucking the army. Yeah, uh, boys. How are we? Uh, I apologise to everybody uh, for our no show yesterday. I was feeling slightly worse for wear. It was totally my fault. I was hungover. Uh, I am no lo- longer hungover. Um, so I'm delighted to have you both on, Jim. How are you, lad? Oh, good, mate. Yeah, I was b- raring to go yesterday and no one answered me text. Just like, I, t- I replied and just I said, you I'm hungover. Give me off behind me back going, let's just do one without Jim this week, lads. So fucking just ignore him. We have spoke about that, don't we? Tank, how's things, mate? You're just filling me in. Uh, you're off to Burnley shortly to watch Jack play. Yeah, go on there, mate, to have a little nose of that. Um, and then he's wrote me in to take him to fucking Nando's and everything later. Oh, mate, you can't oh, complain about Nando's. Nando's. I know, Jimmy, but like Jack, Jack's like, everything's in Jack's time where I'm like, I can order Nando's, eat the Nando's and be out in 20 minutes because I, I hate sitting around. I'd just like to get in, get out and fuck off. And then I've got to take him back to his digs in Burnley. And then I mightn't get home for the for Liverpool getting beat 3-0 by Napoli. Say, it might be a good thing. You've got to charge your car for the 45th time. Lads, before we get into football, because I actually just don't want to talk about like football's doing my head in at the minute. Let's get Uh, right into it. Before we get into the football, uh, happy Halloween. How was your uh, do you get many trick or treaters? Tank, do you do the house up? I'd say you must do, surely. Yeah, we had quite a few knocks, didn't fucking answer them, (laughs) didn't you? You're not that grumpy neighbor who doesn't get sweets or anything, are you? No, no, mate. My missus takes Frankie out outside. It's what? You got pictures of yourself outside to scare everyone off. <laughs> well, it's the mother-in-law's birthday on uh, Halloween. So they, they Sharon goes to like the party at the at her sister's then they, they go all around there. They live like in a, a an estate, they go around the estate with the trick and treating, which is fucking great for me because I'm just like I'm busy. Yeah. So, so I'll just close the curtains and Everyone who come got fucked off. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no way so... I'm giving them any of my prawn cocktail, Chris, mate. <laughs> I always remember there was one family growing up. Uh, it was the I always I remember the family's name and everything. It's kind of sticks. Uh, we knocked on their house and we were like, are they going to bring us something? Bear in mind, there's like six of us. You know, like Tesco back in the day used to have like no frills version of like crisps. <laughs> they give us one Why? pack. One, yeah, one pack of no frills crisps between the six of us, and we're like, What the fuck? What are we going to do with that? <laughs> Absolutely hey, terrible. I was talking about this this morning, but when I was younger, I'm sure we used to get given money on Halloween. I'm sure I'd come home with like from people quid. like knocking yeah, on from doors, people's house. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, sweets weren't a thing back in my day, it was just pure cash. Yeah, maybe like, not just this poor fucking kid, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. Fed me for a week, I was happy. What about you, Jim? Yeah, Mate, I actually, really I know you. There's not a, you, you're like if you've ever seen National Lampoon's Christmas yeah, Bake, like Jimmy does holiday, his house like really. that. Did I don't you... go as mad on uh, Halloween. I should do, but I don't go as mad because you. Ca- I don't think you can leave them up for like the the week or whatever. Be yeah, leading up it. to Halloween, but we do. We have quite a few decorations, but we live on we live on the estate that Tank was for, talking about, where people just come here. So there's loads. Like we have a lot of people, and because it, it's in a little circle, it's just a circle, so everyone runs around, gets all the sweets, and it, it's good, mate. I love it. Kids loved it. Just shame it pissed it down. So, 
I may. I before we. This is the last thing uh, before we move on to the football. I'm scarred by Halloween, and the and the scars run deep. I remember when I was a kid, I was around. I was like, you sure we can be called this? No, it's all right. No, it's okay. You got molested by Freddy. By Fredo. Yeah. So, do you know what it was? I was about, I was about 13, 14, so that awkward age. And I remember it was uh, my footy team at the time at the range to have a fancy dress, get together, you know, everyone go to a party. And for some reason, I don't know why, I dressed up as a tomato. I, I still to to this day, like green tights, big red fucking belly on me, red face. I don't even know. Even anyway, let me finish the story and then we'll come back to the tomato bit. So no I turned up, I turned up at this party, right? And no one else was in fancy dress. It they stitched me up massively. So I I rock up to, yeah. to, to this event dressed as a full-on tomato, green tights, red face, big fat belly on me. Honestly, the abuse that I took for that, I'll never get over that. I'll never get. Mate, I'll never I would have to rock thing. that, you know, because you see all the videos all the time, don't you? Like, mate, I love dressing up, lads. Just fucking just embrace it. Yeah, thirteen years old though, Jim. We're older oh, yeah, and wiser now. We don't give a fuck. Halloween, Jamie. Halloween, mate. Yeah. No, so this is like I'm digging you out for being. I've never come across a fucking Halloween tomato. Mate. That's the thing. I don't even know. I wouldn't have minded if yeah. it was just like I went as Batman. It's like kind of cool, but I don't know why. Who made the decision? Firstly, I'm guessing it's me mum. And then second of all, why did I go, yeah, that's a great idea. I'll go as a tomato. Where did you get a tomato from? I don't know. I've got so many like, questions, question. mate. Uh, but I think Kathy it's one of them where it's like... Mrs. M on and let's find out. Because if she's homemade that as well. I think it, there was a, it was a period of homemade outfits since like last minute. It's like, what have we got in the cupboard? Oh, there's some green tights. Okay, who could you go as? All right, yeah. It was like a Tom's. terrible decision. Yeah, <laughs> terrible decision. But um, okay, so enough Halloween and on to, uh, on to more I horrors. Gonna, I was going to do a pun there. Thanks for helping <laughs> me. <laughs> so, Sorry, uh, yeah, I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, we'll start off with Liverpool, get it out the way because it's just ruining my life at the moment. Um, who wants to start? Actually, Jim, you start. Liverpool, Leeds. Were you surprised? What did you think of the game? I mean. A Liverpool Again, done, lads. A Liverpool done. Am I being too dramatic here? I think so. I'll talk about the game and I'll give you my thoughts on Liverpool. Um, it's, I think with Liverpool here, because everyone sees, because everyone's on the ropes, everyone sees Liverpool on the ropes, they're coming out swinging because they can see that you, you've, you've, you've taken a hit. And that's why teams are beating you. Leeds gave it a bloody, uh, you know, a fucking good go. Uh, played well, you know, defended well, attacked well. I thought they were good from the wings and I thought they looked all right, Leeds. And again, from a Leeds point of view, I'd be asking questions like, again, why are you raising your game for these for these big games? But, you know, it's just simple mistakes. It's just everyone seems petrified and easy mistakes are happening. Um as I said to you boys in the in the group chat, I have no idea what Virgil van Dijk's doing for that second goal. Because if you actually watch it, the ball's on the touchline. He's got two men surrounding him. And Virgil's stood still thinking, this ball's never coming in. And then the ball comes in and he takes a touch and then Virgil's like, oh, fuck. And he's slow to react because he's thinking the ball's never coming in. Whereas a, a, a confident Virgil is there waiting because he's expecting that ball to come in no matter what. So... Yeah, it's just it's just horror after horror, isn't it? And you, you just expect them to give someone a good hiding. And as soon as they go one 0 down, everyone's going right. We're in here again, and they're not expecting them to come back. So 
it's just not good. It's, it's not good. And I think from my point of view, I think you are, I think you're back to the beginning at the moment. And I think this is a, a, the Liverpool ilk of when Jürgen first came in, you know, not invested in, struggling. Total transformation job. So, yeah. And you've gone, you've gone full circle now because you, you know, you weren't, Obviously, you weren't in the Champions League every year went before Jurgen, and I think you've taken him for granted. And I think you probably missed, due to Man City, a period of time where you really could have dominated and pushed forward. Now I'm not sure how you get back to them now, because is that transitional period? Is that circle over? And are you back to? I, I don't want you to be back to mediocre, and I don't. I hope they're not because I want someone to challenge City for the title, but. I'd be worried if I was a Liverpool fan thinking that they've gone full circle. Tank, off the back of what Jimmy was saying there, look, I obviously have my opinions. I think, I think the, the thing that worried me the most was... Okay, so I'll, I'll look at it with my optimistic view on trying not to be reactionary, right? The one thing when you've got a little bit of brittle confidence, you don't want to be giving teams something to defend early. There's terrible error from Gomez, Alisson slips... And then you're up against it and all the demons come out, the crowd start getting on your back and then it's just, you know, it's a, it's a negative cycle and, and it's difficult to pull themselves out of. The biggest worry for me is Liverpool look so susceptible. Anytime Liverpool counter, uh, break, sorry, they look so susceptible on the counter. It's pretty much one and two balls through and they're through the whole team. Like you can cut through Liverpool like a hot knife through butter. And this is the thing that worries me that, how can we consistently be easy to play against? That's the worrying thing. And I think Jimmy's Jimmy's onto something where it's definitely a transitional period for Liverpool. I, I don't agree with him in that I think it's it's a total reboot. I think if Liverpool invest in their midfield, I, I think you'll see a, a drastic change of, yes. of fortunes, if is a fair question, Jim, to be honest. If we reboot that area and need fresh legs... Um, and then you get the likes of a Diaz, a Jota, and those back. I think that I think this Liverpool team kicks on quite drastically, to be honest. Where are you, Tank? Are you kind of in the middle in thinking, look, it's broken, or do you see little glimmers and with slight tweaks they can be back where hopefully Liverpool fans think that they belong? I'm kind of like, it's going to take massive investment in one area. Is it just the midfield that's a problem? It's it's the midfield that's the problem because not just the problem, but the issue with Liverpool is like it's it's you know great. I was listening to Graham Tunis and he's bang on. It's called the engine room for a reason. That it's called that because everything everything runs through that. Your your defense and your attack runs through that. Now we have got absolutely we have got no legs in Liverpool's midfield and. It, I'm talking like literally. We have old men. <laughs> we have it's it's a fact. We've got old men playing in there. Henderson's been absolutely a fucking legend for the club. He's been unbelievable what he's done, but he's 32. But because of the amount of work what he's he's expected and had to do over the last five, six, seven years, yeah, he's, he's a 38 year old player. Yeah. It's just it's just how it is. Fabinho is just I can't see any comeback for Fabinho. You know, you can you can see players where Henderson's 32 and you're like, he's 32 and it's fucking his legs just seem to be gone. He's trying to do what he used to do and he just can't. But you mm -hmm. can accept that because of his age. 
Fabinho is only just turned 29. He should be in this. I was going to ask how old yeah. Fabinho was because he looks about 40. Yeah. He was 29 last week. He should be in the peak of his career. For me, he is completely and utterly gone. He is finished, gone. There's no comebacks for, for, for him. So I, then Liverpool's whole basis was they had Van Dijk and, say, Matip, and they had Fabinho sat in front of them as the protector. And that allowed our fullbacks to bottle to push right on. And then we'd have the high line of the three who caused major problems with the runs of Mane, Salah, and whoever of Jota or Bobby or whoever it may be. We've got zero protection now. We've got zero protection because Fabinho can't even he can't even shuffle five yards either way because his legs just won't allow him to do it. So I wouldn't say the cycle's over. I genuinely think if we if we invested in three or two, at least two top top draw, energetic young top level midfielders, you'd see a completely and utterly totally different Liverpool. But the but problem any is, team will be transformed on a midfield. Sorry, any team would be transformed if you spend three hundred million on a midfield. Like it, it's yeah, all well and good that. saying it. But... Have, Chelsea have uh, teams have. We haven't. I know they have. Our last signing was Thiago. I love Thiago, but Thiago's another one. Thiago is not... I've said this from day one with you, Jamie, and we have a little bit of banter. I love Thiago as a football player. I think he's some of the stuff he can do is absolutely fantastic. But the way this Liverpool midfield cog works is that he's not suited to Liverpool. We've always had, like, Wijnaldum. I mean, I, you go to Wijnaldum, I think we broke Wijnaldum. Yeah. He's gone to PSG and looks like he can't fucking and he can't run now. He's broke his leg, but he's gone to PSG and had a fucking shocker. And I just think that the way Klopp has these players, you have to recycle that midfielder every two or three years. You can't just keep going with the same thing. And I've just read an article today and it just does my fucking head in because it's the most Liverpool article ever in the Daily Mail where they're saying Liverpool's uh, next cycle is to invest on the midfield next season. Get the fuck out of here. It's needed. It's needed. Fucking money spent on it for four years, five years, and we haven't. So is there is there an element here where you know you had that dreaded seven year drop off at Dortmund, and people don't want to seem to talk about it with this Liverpool team? And you look at you've mentioned it there when Aldum's legs fell off, Fabinho's legs look like they fell off, Henderson's getting old and his legs look like they fell off. I'll be honest. Trent's legs look like they fell, fell off as well. It just does, it does not seem as sharp. Now, this could be a consequence of Klopp's style of play, yeah, but also the demand, the excessive demands on the players. But also, I, I, I think Chelsea played... I know Chelsea are sat sixth at the moment, but still, um, you know, they play pretty much the same number of games as Liverpool last year. It doesn't look like they are running in treacle. Is there an element here, I'll come to you first on this, Jim, where... Klopp's job as a coach is to is to set Liverpool up in a way to make them successful on the football pitch. So there's been a lot of adjustments made this season. Um, some good, some bad. There's been lots of adjustments. He's moved away from his much favoured four three three formation. We've we've tried four different variations of four four two four two one. You know, there's been lots of different different attempts to find a right system for Liverpool, but it doesn't seem to be working. And Liverpool are really open and easy to play against. And then when you look at the number of soft tissue injuries that Liverpool face, there's always an injury crisis. We don't really have an identity at the moment. And you can see that in the manager having to change things all, all the time. As much as we talk about lack of investments, I think Klopp is part of that process. He signs off on players. 
He is, is said that he was happy with his midfield at the start of the season. He said he, he pointed out and listed them. And I think he even went on to say, you tell me what type of midfielder we need when we have these seven or eight lads. Now, half of those who have long-standing injury issues, a lot of them are made of paper or pasta, pick your poison. They've now got injury, uh, injured like they, they, they have a tendency to do. And we look like we struggle. So my point is, does there have to be questions on Klopp here? Because I love him. It's the best thing that's ever happened to Liverpool in my time as a fan. But he's not faultless. He, you know, he can make errors too. And, and I start to look at this and go, well, surely he's got some some uh, questions to answer here. Because even down to bringing James Milner on for Trent, when Trent and Robertson had been our best offensive outlets on the day, it just, it makes zero sense to me. And this isn't me being reactionary and Arsenal Arsenal fan TV and throwing stuff and get the manager. Any talk of getting Klopp out, you're talking absolute garbage. Let's get that one thing right. But he's not having a good season, in, in my opinion. No, and I think it's from being a steady, you know, he's he's always been what he's been about and he's and he's stuck to his guns and that seems to have changed a bit this year with changes of formation is that due to players coming in that he might not have wanted he wanted you know did he want Nunes was that a, he, was that no, a he, was signing? he was the big driver in so the if league, he was a driver on that then he's then got to take responsibility because he's changed formation several times and and still not found something that clicks but from a you know Klopp's Klopp's way of training and playing in matches is not you know it's not so far beyond what anyone else is doing but what everyone else sees is that when you have such intensity on anyone they need a period of rest and by resting players you need better players that you can bring in and that's what these teams are doing so let you know Newcastle are playing that sort of of pressing game now. Chelsea, uh, Man United are doing that and they will reinvest because they know they need to. But the players they've got will be adequate enough for the once the better players they bring in, i.e. if they bring in a De Jong, you'll always have a Fred and a McTominay or whoever to come in, to a Casemiro, they'll rotate that system. Man City have done it, and I know we'll talk around money, but Man City have done that regularly and kept that unpredictability of squad rotation, but also that predictability of, you know, we know who's playing when. Freshness. Um, where Liverpool haven't got that now. And that has to sit on Klopp's door because surely he goes to the board and says, I've brought you X, Y, and Z and I need this one. So if he's so stubborn in that he's thinking, you know, I'm the father figure. And even Sir Alex Ferguson, though, he was... You know, his players loved him, but they also hated him because they you know that if they didn't do what he did, he said he'd get bollocked. But well, he'd always be honest, he was ruthless. Though. He was always exactly. Ruthless. So he'd always get rid of players. You know, Wes Brown, all these players that he's brought up. Although they were good stop gaps and they won Champions League, and you know they played in in some big games. They were never what Ferguson wanted for the long term. So this has it that that surely has to sit on Klopp's door because if he isn't getting what he what he should be getting, Jurgen Klopp should be the type of coach of how he deals to go, I'm not having this and, and walk away. And if he's not doing that, then my question then my, the answer to me would say that he's he's fairly happy in what That's he's impressive. done. And, and yeah. What do you think, Tank? 
completely not a lack of investment. The whole the whole shooting matters to be tried. But to, is Klopp just is it is, is he no, to blame for some of this? No, as well? he's not to blame. How is he to blame? No. If you, he, he's clearly he's come out and we've said this. We've spoken on this podcast before. He's come out in his interviews and he's kind of said, "I would like to be more." What was the way they used Jamie? Um, I'm trying to think of the interview. Something in the market. Remember, he come out and said, I'd like to take more chances in the transfer yeah, yeah. market. Yeah. So he's not the type of manager to come out. He's come out, he's been asked this for many, many years, and he's actually come out and just says, I know the model of what we work upon. So. Do you think he's towing the way, company line, Tank? Do you think that's what it is? I think. I don't want this to sound like a fucking uh, a, a proper digger cop. I, I do think he's kind of a bit of a yes man. Mm. I think if you go back to Dortmund, Dortmund sold all their best players season in, season out. And he would try and find the gem and turn it into it. And he obviously he done it at Mainz, the first team, because they were only a small club. And then he's done it at Liverpool, where basically he's got to stick into this budget. But this budget is completely and utterly... I just don't get how the owners can look at us, what we've done, and where we've got challenging City, which is a fucking thing in its own, and then get to the top, win the Champions League, win the league, and then just go, right, bang, we're done. This man's a genius, and he'll continue to be a genius. Curtis Jones would not even... Curtis Jones does not even get in Man City's under-23 side. That's a fact. Now, there's talking that he's starting tonight against Napoli, who, for me, are the best team in Europe by a long shot this season. They are the real deal. They are absolutely phenomenal. So... I think we've got to point the finger at Klopp where you're kind of like some of the decisions and the substitutions. I'm certainly looking at them going, you know, what how we took uh, Trent off on Saturday was just baffling. I thought don't Trent they do that? Quite, and in, in this day and age, don't they do that off like snap? Don't they do off that on like the, they do a lot on in the red zone, don't they? You know, with the trackers and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. That would be the only thing that would justify it that for would, me. That, that's what I think. I mean, if he's been played the last three games, so Trent's not played. Yeah, but he's been injured as well, hasn't he? So is he thinking that he's injured? He's come back early and he's in that red zone. I, I was baffled by it, but if he's got more data than what we have, do you know sometimes though? Do you know, do you know when you're in a rut like that and you you can't win a game, you got to fuck the data right off and just say, listen, I need my best players on the pitch as as, as, as often as possible to try and nick a fucking result somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now Trent, for me, he defended well on Saturday. He was pinging balls all over the fucking field, switch balls to Robbo. And when you're looking for a goal at one all, he's your go-to guy. He's the one who could put a ball on the plate for someone mm. and you take him off. And no disrespect, you take him off for James Milner. The mm. lad, the, the, the man's a legend of what he's done in football. He's fucking 75. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we're, this, this is the issue. And for me, Klopp's got to take blame for some substitutions and some baffling tactics and sometimes you think that's not suiting us the diamond for me is a fucking joke of a formation you know you're just kind of you're leaving us open at the wide areas to fucking bombard us and especially when we're asking fullbacks to play high and we're leaving you know we're exposed down the channels so we've got to take but come on give the man give the man a fucking few a, a couple of transfer windows and big money and I think you'll see a totally different Liverpool side. But what I don't even think we'll invest in, in the summer. I genuinely don't. See, so I have, and we'll move on to, to the next topic now, but I just want to finish with this, right? I have a theory that, so I've been a big fan of FSG's model. It's proven that it works. So heavily analytical um, transfer committee, look for the next big thing based on data, 
you know, you look at the perfect example, Mo Salah, for example, his numbers were good at Roma, terrible at Chelsea. They thought that he was just about to take off. Supposedly it wasn't a Klopp sign and that was a transfer committee sign and he wasn't sold. Uh, I think he wanted a lad from Germany. I can't think of his name now. It escapes me. Uh, Julian Brand, was it? Anyway, um, they got Salah. Salah takes off. Liverpool are always looking for that next big thing. Now, it got Liverpool to be able to compete in a different way against Manchester City and got them to the top of the tree. What worked against FSG and the worst thing to happen to them, in my opinion, is what it then created was Virgil van Dijk became the best centre-back in the world. Trent Alexander-Arnold became the best fullback, attacking fullback in the world. Fabinho, best sense, uh, defensive midfielder. Mo Salah, arguably for, for, for a long time there, was the best player in the world. What they then had to do is big contracts to secure these players. If, if, in my honest opinion, I think that FSG, if you'd have said it, they would have let Salah go. They would have got that money in for Salah and then they would have started the process again. But what Liverpool then had to do is secure those big contracts, secure those big players. And it's had to shift FSG's model in trying to become something that they're not. Rather than taking the build those players up, sell them on the big players, get the money in, reinvest, the cycle starts again. They weren't allowed to do that. So now they're caught between these two worlds of trying to keep a load of senior players who are all excellent. But if you ask me, need a rocket up their ass or somebody to come in and challenge. Liverpool don't necessarily now have the funds, it would seem, to be able to go out and buy these next raft of players. Because COVID came and they couldn't sell players, they seem a lot more tentative. So they've nearly outgrown their own model, if that makes sense. And it's put them in a really difficult position. So for me, I don't know. I don't I, I don't know how this goes. I, I can't thank C that they would look at this situation and not reinvest in that midfield. And I'm just, I, I don't like this idea of it's one player or no one. It's Bellingham or no one. Don't give us that nonsense. Yeah, we're not. I agree with you. No, not a hope. And, and, and again, us being tentative has allowed other, we fell off a cliff, other teams, like you'd go to Madrid now. If you're looking at go this, to, you're not going, go to. you're going to Madrid. Um, but you cannot tell me under Jude Bellingham, there wasn't three or four other players that can steam into that Liverpool midfield. Give me, Three or four, Wait, 25, 26 year olds now, and they will they can start steamrolling teams again, hunting them down. Give me players that have a point to prove, are ready to take that next step. They don't I don't necessarily think they need to be world beaters. I don't tell me, the, tell me the best box to box midfielder in the Premier League right now. I it's it's uh, what's his name? Declan Rice for me. Declan Rice. Well, Declan Rice, but he's 150 million. So okay, next box box, Gamerez, 33 million uh, I agree, yeah. I'll pay for him. Yeah. 33 mil. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking, if you're looking there, at the list mate. there, you go in Bellingham. If you can't get Bellingham, at the start of the year, you probably could, could have got Rice for less. If you can't get Rice, then you're looking at it going, okay, yeah, let's take a put. What was he, 33 million, I think? Newcastle 33 paid for mil, yeah. Yeah. So it's mad. It's mad. The, the, so the, the, we're not doing out that there. Yeah. Um, so I just, yeah, I think, I think they just need to get down and check. Look how serious we are. Let's back the manager. I don't think the manager's been been faultless this season, but Liverpool look a little stale and, and they need some injection. And uh, yeah, it needs needs to happen quickly. So I want to come on to um, Arsenal Forest Tank. After, I suppose, stopping the rot for Forest, uh, you know, they obviously had a good result against uh, against Liverpool. Back down to earth with a bump for them. Uh, what did you what did you make of the game? What did you make of the result? It's just the same thing that we spoke to you about Forest, isn't it? I mean, 1-0 at half-time is actually not a bad... You know, you're kind of like, okay. But then it's we've spoke about this many times in the podcast. Forrest have this fucking incredible habit of conceding many goals in a like short a short space of time. 
So it's gone like, you know, it went from one and then it was like two, three, four, bang, within minutes and you're like... Is that just the ruthless Premier League, though? If you if you knock off, well, the Premier League is ruthless. Don't don't get me wrong. It's 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 fucking very very cutthroat. But I just don't. Th- I don't even. This and this sounds harsh. I don't even think League One sides would would concede three goals in in that short space of time. It's like you know you've got to be fucking. You've got to go out in the second half against Arsenal. You just shut shut the fucking shop off for ten minutes. Even if you put an eleven men behind the ball in your own half, just make it horrible and ugly and fucking tough for them to break through the lines. But it's like they just have this habit of just fucking tumbling over and rolling over and getting the bellies tickled in like a five or ten minute period, and then you four nil down, and then you're like, it's a fucking good item. And it's not we spoke about it, it many didn't times. Need it's to not be. the first time it's happened. It's happened against they were two nil up against Bournemouth, and within fifteen minutes, the three two down, they were. They conceded against Fulham and in about five minutes, the fucking three-one down. It it just seems to be this, and it's going to be a struggle to stay in the league if you keep conceding goals this quick. You know, the, you know, in, in short spaces of time, it, you can't do it. Yeah, James, do you think? I suppose uh, there's been. I don't know if it's surprising uh, after Arsenal's defeat um, to to PSV, there was some uh, sort of some questions kind of thrown at them, maybe around their squad depth. Um, do you think that that was a little bit unfair? And I suppose when you look at this yeah. result, it was a big result for Arsenal. They bounced back. They had a little bit of questions coming their way. And I'm, I'm not set, set, suggesting for any second that the the wheels had come off. You know what I mean? But it was strange the narrative that came out off the back of that, and they and they answered it, you know, incredibly well. Do you think Arsenal? Are, it's just a case of they are the best at the rest at the moment. So do you think that they will will kind of fall away as the season goes? And maybe that squad depth could potentially catch up with them. My first instinct would be to say they'll fall away, but they they rotated a lot in that PS3 game. A lot. I think they changed. I looked at the side. I didn't watch the the, the game as such, but they they had a lot of. Don't say that, Jim. Just black, black it as you go, lad. You watch it. No, well, I know. Thursday, midweek game. He doesn't watch it. I've screenshotted. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I didn't. I didn't watch the PSV game, but um, I know they rotated a lot. I did look at the lineups and the scores, and then, you know, they brought their their first team back on on Sunday, wasn't it? Um, brought their first team back on Sunday, and for me, it's not so much. Forest struggled. But I think Arsenal, you know, they look good. Arsenal look good. And some of them goals, mate, you know, obviously Thomas Partey's rocket to the top bin. You've got no chance of of getting to it. You know, the, the ball's in. Reese Nelson's, you know, the squad from a squad death point of view, they brought Reese Nelson back into the into the frame and he scored two. You've got Eddie Nketiah on the bench, who's can always come into the frame as well. And this is probably he was disappointed from the from the PSV game that he, he didn't have more of an impact. So I still think they'll fall away, but they're looking good. And you know, it's the same. I'm thinking the same. I'm for, I'm, for Forest. I'm thinking they'll come good, but they're still not. And it's only Arsenal, so you move that on to the next. But we're saying that every game, and it's the same for Arsenal. I'm thinking when they'll they fall Liverpool. away, but they'll keep winning. And then same for Liverpool. I'm thinking they'll win this game and they'll keep losing. So it's just a, it's a bit of a weird season so far, isn't it? And it's you know it's. It's actually good for the Premier League. I wish Liverpool were doing better, so you know it's more of a it was more of a three horse race. So your mates top. were happy, or you you just three want to see happy, as well. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, then, it's... but go on, Jim. I was just saying, it's it's. I really like what Arsenal are doing, and I'm I'm, I'm not taking that PSV 
um, defeat as, as anything other than a change in, in squad and, and a rest of players to to concentrate on the league. Because I don't think they're asked whether they win the Europa League or not, as long as they are challenging for the Premier League. It's funny, Tank, because Jimmy says there, you know, it's good for the Premier League. There's a lot of narratives around a lot of different clubs at the moment. I, I, I'm like Jimmy. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Mikel Arteta and what he's trying to do at Arsenal. I think he's doing a great job. Um, I, I, his hair, I find a little confusing. Like it just never changes. Like I've just got a real issue with his Lego, hair. It's been it? the same. It's like pure Lego, proper thick. Just, like never changes. just yeah, yeah. Just takes it out, puts it on the <laughs> nightstand, and then pops it back on exactly the same yeah. the next day. Um, but it, you can see. I always talk about trajectory and you can see that there's a real positive feeling trajectory about Arsenal and everyone is bought into what he's doing. The one that I find weird at the moment, I want to get your opinion on it, is Tottenham, right? So Conte is, we all know, an absolute winner. You know, it, from, from an outsider looking in, he's a fiery character. He's certainly not going to do things quietly. Doesn't always say the right things. Protect, you know, doesn't always play the best PR move. But you can see that he's a winner and he'll get results. And he's proven that at Spurs. Again, it was a difficult game, nearly a potential banana skin, but they turned it around and they, and they got the result. The thing that's weird for me, Tank, is they are sitting third, three points off second. It was a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if it is now still, but you know, their best ever starts were Premier yeah. League season, right? So, but there's a, there's a narrative growing amongst their fans that they're not happy with the style of play. It seems like results aren't enough. Where do you sit on on that? A, I suppose Conte as a manager of Spurs, and how do you see that kind of progressing? Are you surprised by how their supporters are reacting? You know, given the results and and, and the fact that they've broken records in terms of their stars, and is it now that we're in a situation where it, results just aren't enough for football fans? You have to entertain them as well. Spurs remind me of the uh, of of West Ham their fans because all as you get is like. Do you remember back in the day? It's like, oh, but it's not the West Ham way. I think it was Sam Allardyce when he was manager there. Oh, but we don't play football the West Ham way. What the fuck is the West Ham way? Yeah. I've never seen you in a fucking. You've never been successful at anything you've ever done. So what is your way? Your What's way the is definition the, of football yeah, yeah. and do absolutely nothing. And yeah. Tottenham's the same. Oh, we played this, but you've never. What was the last fucking? You know, you got to the Champions League final against Liverpool and froze. Apart from that, what the fuck have Tottenham done? You know, they've got the manager there who was an out and out winner. And all as he gives all as he cares about was winning. They've had the best start. I think it was twenty it is twenty-six years, am I right in saying that? Yeah. So they've yeah. had the best start they've had for nearly three decades. And you see the fans up, but we're not playing the Spurs way. Well, let's go back to play the Spurs way and fucking fight <laughs> out for fifth, sixth, seventh position. It's yeah. like what 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 do fans want? You know, we all would love to fucking wonderful football and fucking attacking and winning seven two every game. But it doesn't work like that. You know, this man's a winner. He has his way of playing. Everywhere he's gone, he's, he has his, his, the specific way he plays and he will not go, he, he won't come off that path. That's that's what he does. But he has success everywhere. Tottenham's best chance of being successful or winning a trophy or winning anything is to stick with him. But you you get the snippets from him, like some of his interviews. You, you do get the feeling he's ready to jump ship. He's not happy. Yeah, no, yeah, I was going to say... You get it in your you get this feeling that it's not gonna end well. No. Which is strange yeah, yeah, sorry, where they are. It's it you remember when they beat they, they beat Liverpool, didn't he? And then the week later they went to Burnley and got beat, and he was saying maybe I'm not the right man for the job. Yeah. And you kind of like you get the feel I, I'd be surprised if he's there at the end of the season. 
Yeah, it it does seem like there's there's this narrative growing, and and, and I think as well you're looking at the, the Spurs situation, and it shouldn't be this way given the points that they've got on the board. But you also feel, you know, maybe if they don't get a trophy this season or aren't competing with the big boys, Harry like Harry Kane has to go at some point. He, he has you know, to he, leave. He has yeah. he has to leave. So then, is Conte getting that? You know that narrative from Kane that look we need to we need to do something this season. Then I'm off. There's rumours now that him and Son don't have a great relationship. And by the way, as a Liverpool fan, I would remortgage yeah. the house to get Son in at Liverpool. I yeah. think he's the most clop type player ever. Um, Brilliant. But it's just very strange to me, Jim, that there is this narrative around Spurs because in theory they should be buzzing. No, this is a very good start to the team. They're solid. They have an identity. They've got a winner. But somewhere along the chain, it's it's broken. I think it's. I think a lot of it is media narrative. To be fair, I'm, I don't see. I mean, you I'm think sure it's media it's, spin? I do think it's media spin. I think it's media spin around Conte as well because Tottenham are uh, the third highest scorers in the in the Premier League. So it's not like they're not scoring goals. Um, it's just a bad the start, yeah. Good but they're conceding. Though. That's the issue. They're they're conceding. They're conceding goals. So I said this about England. I don't mind if we play awful, but we're winning and we're going to go and win some. It's if you start losing and you're playing that awful football that people start to jump. And I don't see that with Tottenham at the minute. Yes, I get they play five at the back, but they play, you know, they. I think at the weekend they had eight defensive players on, didn't they? And they only had Son and Kane up front. So that's that would be difficult for me. And in the second half, when they were 2-0 down, the shackles were off and they played some very good football and, and went and scored three goals. Which build um, feeds into the narrative, though, doesn't it? Which it's feeds like, into the narrative, and then the media can off. carry on with it and 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 keep going. But I see, I don't know. I don't know. If, again, I don't know what what the media narrative is, and if there is such a thing. But do they not want Tottenham to take that next step because of you know they've got a big new stadium, they'll be getting loads of funding in from that with NFL and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, in theory, Tottenham could Tottenham could be the next team to start challenging for Man City because obviously Liverpool are struggling at the minute. Tottenham should be. So if they reinvest in the summer, in in January and get players in, for me, I think Kane has to go. I think he, he he's such a good player and he... Go, Jimmy, right, go away. Where, where's I Kane? This is my point. I, I don't know that answer and you could ask but, me the same question about Kane? Ronaldo. Is he, is he 29? He can't. I think he's left it too late now. I think, he's, like you say, he's left it too late but... I think Tottenham are, and it's it's a Liverpool Nunes now. They have to play that way that gets the best out of Kane and and Son. But if you had someone more dynamic up front, who he's I'm not saying Kane's not that dynamic. I'm just saying you know he plays his certain way, and if he wasn't there, would Tottenham then change their style to? to fit in and around it. I, I don't know the answer to that, but I just think at some point he's got, to, he can't just say it's Tottenham. He can't do a Letizia and just because, you know, he does. He wants to be remembered for more than that. I think he will stay. If, and again, this is a big shout. If England win the World Cup, I think he'll go, well, I've won a World Cup, so I'll stay. If they don't and they don't win anything this year, I think he's got to be, he's got to be asking questions. But like I say, I don't, I don't know where it goes now. The only place I could think of is Man United at the moment. I just uh, think I, he's missed the boat. I think he's missed yeah, the boat. I think, I think you're he's right. 29. How much of Tottenham won't let him go for less than, what would you say, 130 million? 150. Yeah. 150. I mean, it's the, the numbers are pathetic now, but he guarantees your goals, 20, 30 goals a season, guaranteed. 
but I can't see any of like you know there's been talks with Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich don't spend that sort of money in place. Certainly I don't think he'd go abroad though. Tank. I, I don't think he'd go abroad. He can't speak English, never mind German or French or Spanish. <laughs> I, I, I so, think he's uh, got him. Um, I think he's got his sights set on Shearer's record. I think he'll stay in England to try and get that. I do think United would probably be the club that I could see. United's the one to. because they've got no out and out striker. They can move between Rashford, Sancho, Anthony, Rashford, uh, uh, and <laughs> Hey, Rashford is flying. He looks a good player. Him, doesn't he? Like scored a goal. No, no. I'm say he's a good player. But here's one for you, then, Jimmy. Say United. Is he any closer to winning anything than United than he is at Tottenham? No, I don't think he will. Um, but again, what do you do? Do you stay where you are and you've won nothing for the last twelve years, or do you go somewhere on the hope of United are a massive club? One thing you'll know that if he goes to the United, they'll they'll certainly invest in the playing squad. Whether that's the right players or not will remain to be seen. I think he's got a better chance of winning something at United just because it's United the has, financial back and they'll get it that football's cyclical. They'll get it right, United at some point. They will they will be back. I'm not it's talking just... Premier League, I'm talking an FA Cup, a Coca-Cola hmm. Cup or whatever it's called, the League Cup, Charity Shield, or something along them lines that he's gonna charity go and win. Shield. a Europa League. <laughs> you know, imagine that be tired. What did you win? <laughs> Fucking charity, charity shield. shield. It's more than he's won at Tottenham, mate. It's more <laughs> than he's won at Tottenham. So uh, you know, I'm not saying he's going to United, but that is the only top that can afford him and to need him uh last topic because i know tank's got to go to to burnley right um i want to touch on so city kept the wheels are spinning um at the weekend they uh they're without harland uh and their other main man steps up kevin de bruyne unbelievable goal uh, i want to get your opinion i'll come to you tank on where does kevin de bruyne rank for you in terms of midfield greats because you know, there's always those players where you obviously we all support our own teams, right? But there's just those players that you just love watching. Kevin De Bruyne, I think for a lot of football fans, I think Son weirdly is another one that people seem love to Son, war- yeah. love watching him. Where do you rank Kevin De Bruyne in that? You know, you have those conversations about the best attacking midfielders in the Premier League, and it's always the like pick your poison. It's always your Lampard, your Gerrard, your Scholes, those type of people. Is he in that conversation? Is he top of the tree now? Where do you no. where do you see him? No, nowhere near top of the tree. No, no. As an attacking midfielder, he's, he'd be right up there. Mm. But as a midfielder, all round, all round midfielder, he's he's not even in the top five conversation. Really? Nowhere near it. Zero chance of it. This is where you got to tell us, you know, the top one. Scholes, <laughs> Scholes, Gerard, Keane. Lampard, fucking Yaya Torre, these players were all round, all round box yeah. to box, can make a last ditch fucking tackle and can bomb forwards. Kevin De Bruyne is a sensational footballer, given freedom. Mm. But Kevin De Bruyne, as if you ask Kevin De Bruyne to play midfield, say for instance, in a midfield two. Wouldn't even be in a conversation in the top ten in my in my opinion. Vieira, all of yeah. these players, Petit, these are these are all proper box all to box, all round, all action, world class midfielders. Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, surprising this. I went to the you know the lad who told you about who's the Man City fan. He's had season tickets for fucking like God knows when. But yeah, yeah. So how is he? Because he was a little rattled a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he was say. fucking. He come to the race right with now. me. He had. He stayed <laughs> over. And do you know what? I was talking about him. And is it, this is his words, by the way. And he might comment on Twitter because he does listen. 
he said Kevin De Bruyne's been really like bang average this season. He says, and I actually went, fuck oh, off. He went, listen, he says, I'm telling you, he says his assist and everything for Haaland. Highlight reel's good. He says, he's never seen him give the ball away as much as he has done this season. Mm. He says, like, there's fucking four out of ten passes go straight. He says, like, previous seasons, that never happened. Kevin De Bruyne is a wonderful footballer, and I'd have him in any, any if you could get him in the Liverpool side, you'd have him in every single team. But as an all-round midfielder, he don't even enter the conversation, in my opinion. Jim, I want you to give me your thoughts on Kevin De Bruyne quickly because uh, we want to wrap this up. But I also want uh, uh, your surprise package of the season so far: best player and worst player. Uh, please, if you could, uh, if you could do that, you know, lay all. I mean, I think Kevin no De Bruyne is absolutely unbelievable, mate. I think you know. I saw someone put on Twitter. Uh, You're a city a fan, aren't you? Uh, I would never say. Um, not, not yet. Anyway, uh, my son is. My son is. Um, but yeah, there's a compilation of Kevin De Bruyne putting balls on absolute plates for Raheem Sterling and Gabriel Jesus. And it was like nine minutes long and it wasn't the full video. It was just him passing, then missing. And like they'd go in, Kevin De Bruyne would be the unbelievable assist stats if he could if these two could score. I think he's he he brings that he brings that creativity to any team he's in. All right, yeah, he's not you know, he he's not gonna be a defensive midfielder because that's not that's not what he's built for but you know Vieira's not going to be an attacking midfielder and be able to play this type of passes that what? De Bruyne can play I don't yeah, think I if you put Vieira, Vieira. Had, had passes Vieira. In, the, in the locker no, I'm not saying that don't get me wrong he was decent but if you put him as an attacking midfielder are we going down are we going down the messy down the this, line you you no, 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 no. my point <laughs> is my point is is people are built to play where they play so it's like comparing De Bruyne with Peter Schmeichel they're playing completely different positions it's not the same player so in terms of Premier League I think he's in the top I think he's in the top three Midfield players him. within the Premier League, regardless whether that's we'll midfield then, who's two. The three, who's the name, three then? Name, name, the, name your top three. He's under pressure here. Look, his eyebrows no. start switching. Oh, well, we no. no, no, no. It depends what, what you want. I mean, for me, it's no, Lampard, Gerrard, De, De Bruyne. I think Scholes is a myth, FYI. Think he's Fucking, a how does he start dropping these things casually in now? Scholes <laughs> is a myth with one minute of the podcast to go. <laughs> hold, so, wait, hold on. You're having De Bruyne ahead of Keane? Really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck off, Jimmy. Jim, you're on the Don't get me wrong. There, Roy Keane did what he needed to do, right? Roy oh, Keane, no. And this is the issue you've got. The issue you've got. He didn't Fuck score that many goals, did he? He scored he enough. He was a goal he scorer score that many goals. He was. You go back to his stats. Not great. In terms of I feel like I should have asked this question at the start of the podcast. Roy Keane just did what he did. No, I'm saying he's great at what he did. He did the hard work that allowed poor skulls and everyone else, Michael Carrick. Ah, he was more than that, Jim. No, Jimmy, that was after I'm the not he had his league. Of course, to play in the Premier League and be in the conversation, you're an outstanding player. I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form. But if you put it down to any sort of specific role, then I think Kevin can. Kevin De Bruyne can do more of it better than what Roy Keane did. But if you put it down to a specific role based on Roy Keane, he'll do it better than Kevin De Bruyne. It's, again, a lot of this comes down to personal opinions, doesn't but it? Midfield is an all-round package. Midfield is the engine room, as we spoke before. Midfield is If you've got an engine room, great. if you want him up and down, back and forth, then yeah, Roy Keane will get in a, in front of Kevin De Bruyne. But I play attacking flair football, mate. Kevin De Bruyne, <laughs> Roy Keane's left at home. So how's how's the Bruyne ahead of Yaya Torre? 
Because Yaya was... I think 20 Yaya... goals every season for about four seasons and could defend for his life and could run through yeah, brick walls. Again, you're talking different times now. So Yaya yeah, Torre was unbelievable for Man City when no one else had any money. So Yaya Torre was an expensive buy for City and he absolutely dominated at a time where no one else could keep up with City because of the amount of money they were spending. You so put Yaya Torre in the station now. Pardon? Kevin De Bruyne is in the same situation. No one he's not, though, because everyone can spending. compete. Everyone's spending money. Kevin De Bruyne, people think he's this massive... He only costs £45 million, mate. And he's and we're having the conversation around him being the best Premier League midfielder No, you're ever. having the conversation. No, no I'm not. Other people have this conversation, don't they? So he's to recap... Decent. So to recap and finish, right, Jim. Don't put words in my mouth, by the way. <laughs> Would I do that? Uh, <laughs> who's your top five, then? Remind Top five us. midfielders. I mean, yeah. you're putting me on a... I'm just <laughs> asking a question. It's my job to ask the questions. Go on. <laughs> I haven't flipped nothing. <laughs> so midfielders He's going to change his fucking time. order now. He's going to change not, his order. I'm I'm not. Yeah. I never right. gave you an order. I gave you a three. You didn't ask me to put them in order. And I won't put them in order yet. I'd have to, I'd have to rewind that back because he said my three, top three was Gerard. No, I didn't say top three. He said name three, name three midfielders. Oh, you're <laughs> under pressure here. Rewind. So, yeah, so then when you come into that, you put in just bang the I fucking three out. Jim, when I put skulls in, you've just said this is a myth. I know, but I'm saying you're shitting I mean, yourself now. I'm, I'm talking, oh, no, Jesus. I'm talking where Someone people put him on this pedestal. Pedestal, I'm not, not a good pedestal. <laughs> this pedestal of the best in the world, like everyone. And there's all these narratives like a Xavi, if I could be anyone, I'd be poor skulls and all that sort of stuff. I just, I just don't tell you something that plays like that. Think that. I'll like? tell you, it wouldn't be in it, Zidane myth. Oh my God, right. Jamie! You need to fucking got, stop this podcast this has now. This got, got it right, Jim. Just give me a list and then we'll go. Because Tank's got to go. Come on. Uh, top five: uh, De Bruyne, Gerrard, Lampard. This isn't in any order. No, the order. order. Give me the order. order. I can't give you the order. Just listing I names. I need, like fucking I top to trumps. Do. Just give us your list. Georgie King, Cladzy. Um... <laughs> You're a wanker. It's an absolute wanker. Jim, Matt Letizia. What's your list? Top one to five. Come on. I can't, I can't, I need Zed's to gone. research. Zed's gone. Just go. gone. Like, nah, you can't just go. It's like going, Jim, who's your favourite kid, Archie or Ralph? Like, I need time to decide, I mate. I'll tell you my favourite kid straight away. <laughs> Soz Millie. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll on just that give note. you my top five midfielders in, in the blink of an eye. Why can't you do it? Come on. Because I don't, I'm not like you. I don't, I don't. Focus what, on football. Specific... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah what, I don't like football. Football is shit. For, for the record, my top three is uh, Gerard, Keane and Vieira. They were my top three. Yeah, but they're players that. like you. That's what you like. That's your No, I like flair opinion. players as well. But I just think nah, you come nah, up with nah, two. Nah. Look, you've See, gone the for thing three, is, Jim, come back. Right, one Liverpool now. legend, by the way, or Gerard's number one. Keane loves booting people. Vieira loves scrapping with so... Keane. Like, it's no. just you pick players that are exactly like you. Not one no. of them's got to step over in him. By the not way, one. I am, I am going to chop that up. I, I am just like over. Steven Gerrard, Vieira, no, and Keane. Not... That's the greatest thing you've ever said to me, mate. <laughs> right, that's, that's that's just words. My point is, you all love kicking people. Like, not, my point is, people. my point Vieira. is, not one Vieira of them's got to step level. over. Vieira was allowed... next level, by the way. 
If you allowed, Jim, and we'll finish on this, right? Because Tank really does have to go. If you allowed yeah. Steven Gerrard to play in the way that Kevin De Bruyne did, he'd do what Kevin De Bruyne does. Oh, and agree. that's where, in I my agree. midfield three, if you had Vieira and Gerrard, if you had Vieira and Keane as a two and said to Gerrard, go do magic, he'd go and do magic with those two behind. And that's what I mean about all-round midfielders. Those three, when allowed to do it, could do any of the roles in midfield. Roy Keane was well, unbelievable. Roy Keane with can't play attacking midfield. No way. I'd say. Do you not notice Roy Keane play on, playing on the half turn and little little turns in? No, you know, mate. I think oh, fucking, oh, come off, Jimmy. Man. You need to go back and watch videos of Keane. I know Roy Keane, Keane lad. You don't obviously because I'm obviously before this cruise year, he was a box at Forest. He was a box to box midfielder. That's the mid. They played four four two. That's that's the only formation. And they went to Man United and done exactly the same. But if you're, playing as a dying, if you're playing as an attacking midfielder and you've got to play with your back towards goal, it's different. You're it's talking playing different. a 10, not picking up the yeah, ball and as driving. as a 10. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not an eight, an eight and a six. Right, lads, listen, I've got to go. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll crash on the way because I'm in shock with some of Jimmy's comments. <laughs> Zidane, Zidane. Anyway, right. Yeah. Everyone, Mate, thank you you look at, oh, by the way, if you want to look at Zidane's stats, he's never scored more than 10 goals. Just saying. Fuck it. Why'd you do all this at the end of the podcast? Tank, right, you drop off, mate. I'll do the wrap-up. Take it easy. <laughs> Look after Fuck yourself. Off, <laughs> uh, right, everybody, that took a bit anyway, of a Now he's gone. Twist. Let's slag him off. <laughs> Jim, you've come out with some absolute crackers there, lad. Um, <laughs> right, anyway, I've got to go. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. I did. Uh, definitely the plot twist at the end was my favourite part. Oh, Jim, by the way, what do you think of my new camera? I love it, mate. Looking sharp, you know. Fresh. I'm just jealous of your hairline, lad. Like mine's all it's over the place, and yours not is great at the decent. back. No, it's not great. No, at the I back. know, but like me, mate. As long as you're good up front, and no one can see the back, lad. <laughs> uh, right. Like so I like this. Me and you just having a little chat here. Jim. It's lovely. This. Uh, no, but seriously, I've got to go. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, hope you are all. Well, looking after yourselves, hope you had a lovely Halloween. Um, if you wouldn't mind subscribing to our YouTube channel, leaving us a comment in the section below. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, as always, keep sticking with us. We really appreciate your support. But most importantly, we hope you have a fantastic week. You mind yourselves, look after yourselves, and we will be back with you again next week on the Boot Room Podcast. All the best. Cheers, lads. <laughs>